Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Welcome to Jazz Shapers. It's where the shapers of business join the shapers of jazz, soul and blues. My guest today is Liv Little, founder of Galdem, the online and print magazine committed to sharing perspectives from women and non-binary people of colour. Half Guyanese, half Jamaican and raised in South East London, Liv says, My childhood was very much about me being comfortable enough to know that my voice is as important as anyone else's. Frustrated by the lack of representation at university, but also in the classroom and politics, Liv, then age 21, created online magazine Galdem in 2015. The name Galdem coming from Caribbean slang meaning group of girls. Liv sought to address a British media with a profound racial and gender imbalance by empowering and supporting underrepresented voices, showcasing the work and thoughts of these communities and disrupting tired stereotypes. What is so important for us, Liv says, is that the next generation, as much as our generation and generations above us, have space for certain conversations that we wish we would have had growing up. Hello, Liv. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Nice to be here or to virtually be here. To virtually be here because this is the the thing in 2021. Everyone's virtually somewhere, which really I don't know what it means physically. So we'll just have to have to work out. Physically, you're probably in South East London, I'm guessing. Is that right? I'm actually I'm actually um, in East London. And the only reason I'm in East London is because I fell in love and she lived in East London because I have been a kind of South London ride or die up until this point. So East London, how is East London compared to South East London? It's fine. Um, it's okay. I think um, I, I sometimes I do miss South London. That's where all my friends, my family are at. But we're actually about to pack up and move to the beach. We're moving to Margate. So we're, we're kind of, yeah, by London. You're going for sunshine and blustery winds. Exactly, exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Now, Liv, we're talking because, as is often the way, I meet wonderful people on the program and mm. someone says, oh, you should meet this person. And the beautiful thing about what I do is I meet, I bump into all sorts of new worlds and worlds which I was aware of but didn't really know what was going on. Mm-mm. Just tell me in your own words what Galdem is about and why you created it. Yeah, so um, Galdem is a media company that is committed to kind of sharing the perspectives. You've already touched on it in your intro, but I guess the point of it really is to provide a space that doesn't already exist in in media a really creative space a dynamic space a space which we all wish we had had I guess growing up in the media and it was born out of a desire to find people to connect with not necessarily to build a business um, in a sense and that kind of naturally followed because it was something that so many people could identify with or wanted to exist and I've just as of the end of last year, formally, really, the the start of this year, handed over the steering of the ship to a wonderful human called Marielle Richards, who is now CEO. So she's kind of shaping it in a in a new way, in a new direction after five years of of it of it being me in that position. I look when I get the bios of when people were born, and I laugh sometimes, Liv, in a good way. I go, oh right, nineteen ninety four. Well. <laughs> That's basically, you could be my daughter. It's like that crazy <laughs> thing. You were an incredibly young entrepreneur. What mm. were you scared of at the time? 
And or, or was it more of a you didn't know what you didn't know and you just cracked on? I kind of think it's more of the latter. That's not to say that there's not fear and insecurities and anxieties and things which crop up in the process. But a lot of it was like, let's do this thing. Why would I not try this thing out? I didn't feel as though there was any reason for it not to exist or for it not to work or to or to be what it needed to be. And I think I didn't always envision it as being the thing that it is now. I think that's kind of grown quite organically. So in a sense, in a sense, I didn't know what to expect. So, um, you know, not that not that I went into it completely blindly, but there was a degree of that. You know, I was kind of 21, I think, at the time at uni, figuring things out for the first time in many senses and then it's grown since I think when when it transforms into a business and you start to go through the process of gaining investment and 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 that sort of side of things yeah there's there there can be a lot more fear attached (laughs) Um, but I think I think yeah it was just a bit of a I've never done this before so you don't necessarily know what to expect when you're going into it we touched on the fact that there was kind of a well why wouldn't I just do it and then you 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 take this idea for creating a community and mm. giving something to the community and beautiful you know if you go on the site it's really rich in content across art and culture and politics and so we have and so an forth. amazing kind of editorial team who just are incredible headed up by Charlie Brinkhurst Calf who's an incredible journalist um and yeah they're 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 just brilliant so you know without them we wouldn't be able to tell the stories that we are able to tell and of course with the kind of thousands of people who have now contributed to the site so there's a lot of variety diversity um and different opinions and I think people aren't necessarily used to hearing different opinions from the communities that we represent I think sometimes there's a sense that we all think and feel the same things which is obviously not true and now to get to that point where you're mm. able to hire great people and they're there, obviously you touched on it briefly, the funding point. Mm. That's when sort of the young 20-something, 21, 22, 23-year-old has to become a bit more grown up. How did you approach, uh, not not the patronising no, way no, at all, it's no. just like it's a I'm bit like, of a yeah, joke. It's a bit of a no, shock. Now, I mean, as a, as a 50-year-old, I say the same thing as I'm involved in a startup and it's exactly the mm. same you go for funding. You're like, you feel like a kid. You don't know anything. How did you go about getting the money? So we did like a very small kind of pre-seed-ish, I guess, kind of raise. And I think, gosh, okay, so it was such a journey really and truly because we were all working. I was working full time and also like attempting to run to run a business. I was working in TV, which is which, as many people know, is very long hours if you're working in the production end of things. So it was very um, draining and complex. And I think it became apparent that it wasn't something that could be done in tandem with other things in order to actually get it to the place where we had resources. And so, yeah, I spent, I basically stopped working full time and decided to try and go part timey type freelance. Fortunately, I was able to get a few TV jobs, which facilitated that, which I think is kind of rare. So alongside it, I spent a year basically learning, studying, working with an amazing woman in business who, showed me a lot in terms of how investment works in terms of the terms spent a lot of time building contacts and networks and all that sort of stuff and it was you know one of my mentors was saying you know when you're raising that's a full-time job you should only do that but of course like I couldn't only do that because I had to have a job so that I could live I guess um so it was it was taxing and it was tough but it was also great in many ways and we were able to find you know our first lot of investors as people who I really rated and who who you know were kind of the perfect investors we got a bit of cash from a um investment firm called Backstage Capital 
and they are headed up by a queer black woman called Arlan. And we also had Roxane Gay, who's one of my favourite authors of all time. Um, another kind of queer black woman from the States who who invested. And, you know, it came together, but it was not like it just came together and it was easy. There were lots of pitches. There were lots of, God, I remember my first pitch in front and my, the first pitch that I did was in front of like a huge room of investors. And it was the most terrifying experience I've ever had. And everything on the journey up there seemed to go wrong. But yeah, eventually we got what we needed to get to get to the place that we are now. And then, you know, there'll be decisions made about what the kind of next stage of Galdem will look like and, and what we need to do again, I guess. And one tip from Liv, if people are funding, what but will be the, the mega golden tip? Um, I think oh, mega golden tip. There's maybe I don't know. Let, let's see. Let's see whether this is useful or not. But I think one thing that I I didn't necessarily realise at the very beginning of the journey is that you know you, you as much as yes, you want the investment, and yes, we for those of us who haven't done um any kind of fundraising before, we have this like very dragon's den. <laughs> style imagination of what it means to raise money and I think something that gets lost in that is that it's as much about wanting to work with that person in the kind of long term and there were a couple of people who did want to put money in who I didn't feel were necessarily a great fit for us as an organization and that can feel scary and what are you doing saying no to to capital but you know it did work out and we did get the people people who were right for the organization and and vice versa but I think just being very deliberate because those are relationships that you're going to have for a long time and I couldn't be happier with the investors that we do have. Stay me for much more from my business shaper that's Liv Little she'll be back in a couple of minutes right now we're getting a taster from the Mishcon Academy digital sessions which can be found on all of the major podcast platforms. Mishcon Dere's Victoria Piggott and Dr Rebecca Newton organizational psychologist and CEO of Coach Advisor discuss the impact of women in positions of leadership and on boards. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. If you could see one change in businesses, organisations, in relation to women and getting women into leadership roles on boards, in the executive, what would it be? It would be healthier cultures because it is not enough just to have the women in the positions at all layers of leadership. We want to see that. You know, a lot of my client organizations have goals for 2030 of 50% women in leadership positions across the business. I'm concerned where they don't have clear strategies for how they're going to achieve that. And it needs to coincide. So I think that's the the right thing to do is to have goals, um, to have strategies for how you're going to achieve those goals. And it has to coincide with What kind of culture changes do we need to make to leadership teams and to the organization as a whole in order to make sure that we see the positive returns of having women in leadership positions and that those women in leadership positions have a positive experience, that they feel that they are able to contribute and bring their best self to the organization, to those roles, to the meetings. Um, And... To question why hasn't that happened before is probably a good way of of looking at that if we're just doing it because we know that we need to now. Um, So I would say the biggest change that I would like to see is to make sure that there is alignment around healthy teams and healthy cultures, not just the number of women in these positions. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. 
to access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You can enjoy all our former Jazz Shapers and hear this very program again by popping Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. Or if you've got a smart speaker, you know the drill. You can ask it to play Jazz Shapers and there you'll find many of our recent shows. But back to today's guest, it's Liv Little. She's the founder of Galdem, the online and print magazine committed to sharing perspectives from women and non-binary people of colour. When you were talking about raising funds, that, that really important bit of advice you gave around be discerning around who mm. you want to to be invested in you. Have you always been quite strong about what you're about and about what your values are and about the kind of people that you are connected with? Because one of the things I, when I looked at around this uh, subject, you talk a lot about community, mm. a lot, and not just in the sense of the people that you're writing for or that there's film for or any other content, but it feels like the people you kind of hang out with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and I think this industry is just so, it can be beautiful and it it can also feel toxic, I guess, at times. And I think I've got, I've got a really beautiful unit of, of, of people who, yeah, I work in the same space of, but who I also really do genuinely love and care for, um, whether that's you know like Charlie or Marielle or Yomi or Ortega or that or Travis, there are all of these people who are kind of occupying a similar space. Who I can say yes, I I genuinely want to be around you, and I think that's really important, and I think that's really mm. conducive to creating really amazing work and just and just being able to support each other because, like I said, it's like an industry in which we are in the minority, and so I think having that network of people who you know and love and and can trust and know have your back and you have their back I think is really really yeah an important thing and without it it would be very it would be really tough it would be really really tough I need to know that I can send Travis a voice note and they'll just get it and 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 vice versa I think I think those those relationships are are really really key and I think my gosh they became even more important over the course of the past year when the world collectively we've been experiencing so much stress and on a personal level so much trauma as well I think yeah it's important to have friends within that space people who you genuinely get along with I don't believe in networking for networking's sake I believe in just loving and and showing that you love the people who you whose work and whose approach to life outside of work you just genuinely do rate if you know what I mean Absolutely. And the question I guess I have is, is that close group diverse or is it intentionally, uh, uh, does it have its own identity? And I mean that in the nicest way, in the sense that obviously, you know, there are not many young black women who are running businesses, certainly not enough. And it's Mm-mm. changing, but it's not changing fast enough. Is it by design that people who understand are on the same journey, who have the same lived experience, are therefore your close group? or And is that absolutely essential? Because the wider world is so unrepresentative. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the um, point? In a sense, and not on, I wouldn't say that those people who are my kind of really close friends who also happen to work in a similar space, they don't all kind of run businesses. It's all, it's like, it's quite varied. But one thing that I did have that is really okay. key as well, another group of friends who do actually all run media companies or are CEOs at media companies, which are, which are small and independent or ish and independent, like um, Tag Warner, who heads up Gay Times and Ib, who heads up Guap and Nafisa, who heads up Amalia. I think like we have, we've had our own little group chat and that again, yeah, having, having that space where we can share stresses and hopes and fears and anxieties and unknowns and 
conflict and everything is 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 really important to have that as well as a space so yeah I mean I feel very fortunate to have that and to have had that naturally because we all get on as people I think yeah so it definitely does help yeah in terms of your own team internally, you touched on the quality, yeah, of the of the output, and and I love you're you're giving shout outs to everyone in your team. You're naming them, which is rare, actually. I've got to say, which and I, and it's really nice. How would they describe you, this team that you've assembled at Galdem? What would they say about Live Little? I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I hope that they've enjoyed um, working with me. Like I said, I'm not actually um, in involved in the day to day anymore. That's the queen that is Marielle who is who is kind of stepped into that role mm. and is shaping things in her own way but I think some people who I've worked with I've worked with for many many years and some people I've worked with for less time than that and it's been beautiful to watch how all of us have kind of grown and evolved and stepped into our own and are doing all sorts of amazing things across the industry and the thing is I, I uh, in the role that I've had I've I've also worked you know in in different jobs alongside Galdem in TV and different spaces and places and and writing and all of that sort of stuff but because of this incredible journey that I have been on in the past five years that we have been on in the past five years I've been able to work with so many incredible people so there are some people that I worked with on a daily basis but there are some people that I might have worked with on on individual projects there are some people that I might have met and worked on a project with in New York or worked on a project with when I was at the BBC and I just feel so incredibly fortunate that I've been able to come across so many different people who have inspired me and who work in lots of different disciplines, some authors, some journalists, some artists, some um, sculptors, some um, hosts, some DJs, like people that are doing so much distinct and, and incredible work or people who are working in the nightlife space or people who are working in art curation and black blossoms there are all of these incredible platforms and individuals and people who I've who I've been able to come across and I hope that yeah they've loved our inter- interactions as much as I have because I take a lot from all of them well it feels like you give them a platform and space to express themselves which is critical and unusual and, and I mean these are people who don't who don't need who are not you know needing me to create a platform or a space no. so lots of people who are creating their own platforms and space and together there's this kind of really rich um, ecosystem which exists because of that because so many of us has, have felt like actually people aren't doing things for us so we have to create things for ourselves yeah there was a quote I've got here from an article last year and it's interesting in the context of COVID-19 you said I get to create the environment I wish other publications had there aren't the same levels of hierarchies or bureaucracies here so you can try stuff out sometimes I look around and get overwhelmed I can't believe the whole thing went from my feeling of isolation to this And it just made me think about the isolation that everyone's feeling that you've felt. Has it been harder to let creativity blossom or conversely, actually a platform to say, we've got to connect, we've got to do more to make it rich for everybody? Um, I mean, it's been it's been challenging for sure. But there has also been, like I said, from all of these kind of people that are that run businesses in this space or, or run projects in this space that people haven't haven't stopped. They've continued to find ways for people to connect and enjoy art and work but you know also acknowledging and holding space for the fact that a lot of us are are hurting right now you know there's there's so much that's going on in in people's personal lives and family and the loss of of loved ones it's 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 been a lot but I think that everyone who has been continuing to hold space 
has been doing um, an incredible job. I think for me on a personal level, me stepping away, like I, like I mentioned um, from, from CEO ship has been, you know, about it having been five years, five incredible years. And it's also, it's, it's time for me to kind of explore other parts of myself. So I'm wearing slightly less of the business hat now and I've gone back to university I'm studying black British writing and taking this time to go inwards and reflect and study and learn and write and you know do some of those things that I maybe haven't had the time or space or emotional capacity to do over the past however many years so yeah I mean it's a it's a time of uh, of transformation for sure. Stay with me for my final chat with Liv Little uh, by the way Forbes Europe 30 under 30 list as well. Thought I'd drop that in. Um, she'll she'll be with me for a little bit longer. Plus, we're playing a track from the one and only iconic Ella Fitzgerald. What a combination. That's all in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You mentioned you're now studying again. Um, which mm. I think is always a fabulous thing. I'm always jealous of people. In my my next iteration of myself, Liv, I'm going to join you and, and do something. Do it, else. do it. I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I've just got to find got to find the time. Mm. What are you getting from it for you now? For What's me, it giving you that, yeah. yeah, um, a time and a space to to. I, but this is the thing: is I think when you're in the thick of it and you're doing it, it's beautiful and you learn a lot as you go, just by trying, right? But I think there's something to be said for actually having the time and space and to be able to carve out two years I'm doing a you know kind of part-time because I still have to work and things but part-time um to spend two years learning and studying in a kind of structured environment with people who are I guess experts or knowledgeable in that space I think is a really really special thing and and the MA that I'm doing is the only one that I've ever seen that exists in this way and as as an author myself, I had my first piece of fiction come out in October as part of a collection called Hag. Um, I think it's really, really important in kind of shaping your practice that you are able to read, study and learn from, especially in my case, kind of black authors that have come before and queer black authors that have come before. I just read an amazing, not just read, but last term read an amazing book by uh, Jackie Kay called Trumpet, which, which you know, I, I feel is relevant to this space because it, 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 it's about a, um, a jazz musician. And, and I just think, yeah, being, being in an environment where you're reading two, three, whatever books a week and you're, and you're studying in this way, that's how, that's one way, I guess, to, to consume knowledge. And I just think I wouldn't have been able to have carved out this time and space to learn in the way that I am now, had I not shifted my my working framework and I'm also working on a novel and and various things and so having the capacity to to read and to to have to read is is a really good discipline for me on a on a personal level as well is the next version of Liv going to be the writer then rather than the businesswoman or do you like doing both yeah I mean I've always been a creative person I've always been someone who's loved writing I've written you know I do a lot of kind of profile type pieces and I say a lot, not a lot, because again, you, it's very hard to hold space to do to do both things and do them really well. So I think this next chapter is about me helping to shape Marielle and the and the team and and Galdem and what is happening there. But it's also about kind of feeding into my creative practice and writing and studying and 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 doing those things that I'm really excited about and I've always been really passionate about. I I absolutely 
you know, have loved kind of growing a business. I'd never intended to be, you know, an entrepreneur or a business owner. Those things kind of happen quite organically. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm so grateful to have had these experiences and to have done it. And I think I've been good at doing it in many ways, but I think, yeah, it's also, there's also like creative live, which, which I hope that people will get to see more of in the next kind of couple of years. Creative live, business live, nice live, fun live. <laughs> enjoyable live studying live it's been great to talk to all of those lives oh. thank you so much for your time uh, in these thank you so much. strange times and virtually and um, with all the mm. other issues that we're all going through at the minute just before i let you disappear for the rest of your day what's your song choice and why have you chosen it oh so i think <laughs> only creative person re- oh my i mean elliot what a decision you're asking me <laughs> what i'm not i can't choose one but you're gonna have to choose one <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I chose, so I, it was, it was not easy, but I chose Al Green, Let's Stay Together. I love romance and I love this song. It's very honest. It's a, it's a kind of a plea to stay together and, and to work it out. It's about love. It's about romance, but it's not necessarily about like a, a shiny kind of romance. Um, but I love it and it's beautiful. And who, who doesn't love Let's Stay Together? Who doesn't feel warm and happy inside when they hear it at whatever, whatever point of the day that song comes on I will stop and I will and I will sing along and I'll maybe try and get my girlfriend embarrassingly to dance along to it with me but yeah it's just it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song and and who doesn't love Al Green that was Al Green with Let's Stay Together the song choice of my business shaper today Live Little and I do indeed hope it brought a little bit of warmth to you today she talked about if you can't find the platform that you want go build it yourself and she did She talked about networks, the importance of networks, not networking, but networks that give you support. And finally, she looked at this last year as a time of transformation. And that must be right for everybody. It is absolutely an opportunity we must seize. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a lovely, safe and restful weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoy that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishcon.com forward slash jazzshapers.